Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. The puck drops into the Washington zone, and that is going to do it. The Ottawa Senators have hung a 5-2 loss on the Capitals here tonight. Their first win against the Caps in Ottawa since January of 2017. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals start strong but fall in Ottawa. Marcus Johansson, John Carlson, and TJ Oshie's post-game reaction. And Craig Laughlin from NBC Sports Washington will join us. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, October 21st. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. The Capitals started as strong as they could have hoped with a couple of power play goals in the first period. But in the second and third were badly outshot and fell to the Ottawa Senators last night at Canadian Tire Center by a final score of 5-2. The Senators would get 44 shots on net to Washington's 24. The Capitals owned the first period last night, scoring two power play goals. They had a 2-0 lead after one. T.J. Oshie picked up his second goal of the season after a terrific drive into the zone by Marcus Johansson. And then Anthony Mantha picked up his third goal in five games to start the season just 34 seconds later. It was a five-on-three. It turned into two goals. The Senators were flailing in their own zone. Washington outshot Ottawa 12-7 and took a two-goal lead to the dressing room after one. But in the second period, it was the Senators that turned the tables, and the Capitals just could not find an answer. The Senators also did it with a power play. Drake Batherson, who picked up his only career NHL hat trick last October against the Capitals, ended up scoring twice in the second period last night, and both goals with a man advantage. It tied the game at two. And just like the Caps did in the first, Ottawa rode that offensive momentum they created off the power play into a dominant rest of the period. They outshot the Caps 15-5 in the second. It would get worse in the third. They would outshoot the Caps 22-7. And overall, it would end up being 37 shots to 12 in favor of Ottawa over the last two periods. Penalty trouble was part of it, no doubt. Marcus Johansson talked about it after. Marcus, it was a great start for you guys tonight. What happened at the beginning of the second? They come out, I think, better than they did in the first period and better than us. I mean, they took advantage of their power plays. We took a few too many penalties, and the momentum shifted real quick, and, yeah, I think that cost us the game. And with the, it seemed like the forecheck was much easier in the first period. What did they do to maybe frustrate you guys in those last two periods trying to get pucks in? I don't know. I think that's uh, that's on us, though. How we got to do a better job with that. I think we were successful, I mean, last game in, in the third period and then first period tonight, so we just got to keep sticking with what works. But I think, honestly, the, the, the penalties cost us tonight and, like I said, shifted momentum a little bit. And we got we to gotta be able to kill those off when we get them, too. And I think that's a big part of why, like I said, momentum shifted. TJ Oshie took a couple of second period penalties to open the door. He said that's on him. They made a good push in the second there. You know, a couple of tough penalties on me, and then uh, they capitalized on, on those two to make it 2-2. And then in the third, it was kind of back and forth, and they, they popped the first one. And I thought we, we played better in the third, not, not great, but just a really bad second period cost us. And John Carlson also talking after the game on a disappointing night for the Capitals in Canada's capital city. 
I mean, I think the the power play goals were the reason we were up in the first, but I think we were, you know, doing the right things with the puck and, you know, not letting them um, transition. I think it was a crazy second period, but we kind of got away from that in the, in the second. The final score, Ottawa 5 and Washington 2. The Capitals now with a full day off today, getting ready for Los Angeles tomorrow night at Capital One Arena. For some more perspective on the state of the team as the Capitals back at home, we welcome in this morning Craig Lachlan from NBC Sports Washington. We discuss Martin Ferravari, the top six without Connor Brown, Anthony Mantha, and more. All right, hanging out at the rink here with Craig Lachlan. First time you've been on the show this year. Thanks for joining us. This is going into the L.A. game tomorrow, back at home for a little bit of a stretch through five games now. With Connor Brown being out, this is going to be a little more difficult in the top six. I mean, the guy's brought in to replace Tom Wilson. Now he himself not going to be a part of it. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a patchwork quilt here for a little while in the top six. Yeah, before I get into that, uh, this is the first time I've been invited to be oh, on fair. the show. Fair. Okay, fair, Johnny. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. <laughs> At number two, it seems like the injury bug has hit this team again. I mean, last year they had some of the most man games lost in the NHL, and right off the bat, a guy that they're demanding to sign him in the offseason. He was playing great, even though he didn't put up any points. Connor Brown's definitely a big asset that's going to be lost. So, yeah, but they're used to doing this. Lavi's been in this situation before where he's able to put different players in different roles, different slots in the top lines for sure. So it's going to be a different look, but that's good, though. It's good for early in the season to see some of the guys like a Snively, like a McMichael, and where exactly they fit in this lineup. If there's a silver lining to the injury and McMichael getting into the lineup, he's in at center. I think in his more natural position, it happened organically to be able to get him in. I'm anxious to see what he can do here, given maybe a few games at center. I think kids love that. I think when you're playing your natural position, you feel more comfortable, you feel more confident. The thing about Connor is his footwork and his footwork as a centerman I think pays off more when he has more open ice and I think you see more dynamic plays from him and I think he's able to roam a little more create more offense when he was on the ice he generally creates a lot of five on five chances and being at center to me that adds to that so I'm excited to see him I'm excited to see his growth he still played less than 100 at games in the National Hockey League he's expected to deliver up the middle in the years to come I want to see him perform at the highest level level possible because that'll be a telltale sign for where he is on the growth curve of his game. We saw Connor Sherry move up to the top line last night in Ottawa. What a start he had to his season. He's produced on the fourth line, skating alongside Dowd and Hathaway, and now getting a little bit of a promotion. The thing I like about Connor, and I'm sure you do too, is just you can play him anywhere. He's sort of like, uh, I, I look back at players, not only that I've played with, but I've watched, like a Chris Clark. He could go in at anywhere in a lineup when he was here in Washington. There's guys that just know certain things. He, they're like an elixir for the line. They, like, they're the correction guys. And I look at Connor Sherry, and it doesn't matter where he plays in the lineup, whether it be the fourth line or the first line, he knows his game, he plays his role, he doesn't change his game, and because of that, he's successful. And I don't think you can have enough of those type of guys, and I think he's a real godsend for this Cavs team because whatever hole there is up front, Connor seems to fill it and perform just as he does in any line. So to me, he's had a heck of a start. By the way, he's been one of the best Capitals forwards to me in my books to start this season. I think another one that could probably fit in that category too is Dylan Strom, and especially on the power play. I like his decision making. We talked about it a little bit on the show this week. Quick decisions on power play. We've started to see the uptick on the man advantage a little bit. Well, you know, he comes into the Caps organization having a career year last year in Chicago. 
I can't believe they let him go, to be honest with you, because everyone talks, John. We always hear at every rink we go to. Well, we got to fill the center role. We need better centers. We have to find another center. Why the heck would you give a guy like that away? To me, he's very talented. You look at his background. You look at him in Erie. You look at him in the National Hockey League. He's always been a go-to guy as far as creating offense. He is a creative son of a gun, whether it be on the half wall on the power play where he's comfortable. When you look at his Chicago teammates that he was playing with, whether it be Kane and DeBrinken and guys like that, he was a feeder for those guys, and they created one of their best seasons playing together on the power play. So to me, he's been terrific. I think he also is going to get better and he's going to have an uptick because he's getting more comfortable with the system here in Washington, which is different than the one in Chicago. We talked a lot this week on the show about Martin Ferrivari and if anything, more physical now, seems more comfortable. He's not just trying to hold on to a roster spot. He has one. He's played well. One of the leading guys in all the league now in hits. I love how he finishes everything, even if it doesn't have that dramatic flair like a Dmitry Orlov up end or end over ender. He's always finishing checks. He's such a good skater. Really, really good start to his season two. And let me again look back at players that I've played with. He has uh, reminds me of a young Scott Stevens if if that's, oh. yeah, and the reason is Scotty was unbelievable offensively, unbelievable hands, just like Marty. I think Marty has a skating much similar like that. And he, when Scott Stevens came into the league, he crushed guys and he was physical. I remember as an 18, 19 year old when I first started here in Washington and he would crush guys. But there's another level to, there's another part of his game that we're yet to see. And I think Marty Ferravari has a huge upside when he plays physical, he's also stripping the puck from the opposition. To me, now when he gets the puck, he can be the creative guy that I think's in him. I, I really believe that Marty can deliver a lot of offense for this team. So I like the way he's come out. But then again, Johnny, you've also got to be particular in when you hit. We want him to be physical, but you don't want him to be so physical that he can then not add to the game and not add offense and just crush guys. I think his skating is the uptick on the back line. He hasn't, I think John and him have been just okay to start the season together. I thought they would meld a little better after last year. But I think he's someone, yeah, definitely. He's a, he's a gamer and one that's going to be around for a long time. Last one for you. Anthony Mantha played on the right side last night in Ottawa. We've seen him there periodically this season. We didn't really see much of him on the right side last year, really, since he's come from Detroit. But in conversations I had with him in the room, said, you know, he played right side in Detroit. He played in junior. I kind of like the idea of him being on the right side. Where do you think his game is you know, after four or five games here? And do you like him left or right? You know what? I I like him on either side. I played both right and left. When I first came into the league in Montreal, they threw me on left wing. And back in the day in the 80s, that would never happen. You know, it was uh, Herb Brooks that actually changed the whole dynamics of the NHL where he started to put offside wingers after the Olympics, put them on different sides. And I remember that game against the Rangers and we were like Brian Murray saying, well, he's a right shot playing the left side and beware because he's going to cut laterally and all that stuff. So there's uh, positives and negatives. I think with Anthony, I think the biggest thing for me is I want to see him generate more shots. He didn't have a shot the other night. 
even though it was a Vancouver win. He's got to generate shots because of his size, his wingspan. Once he gets the knack again, and I think timing's part of it early in the season for a big guy like Anthony, once he gets his timing down to shoot the puck at the right time, when and where to find the puck, find the seams to get the puck and then shoot it, you're going to see, I, I want 30 to 40 goals out of Anthony Mantha. That's what this team needs, and he's built for that, Johnny. So now he's just got to get the comfort and his timing and his shot away. I want to see him shoot the puck, shoot first, think past second, exactly the way I played. <laughs> it is never boring whenever Locker is around. Our thanks to Craig for joining us this morning, and it's the Capitals and the LA Kings. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, airtime tomorrow at 6.45 on 106.7 A Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Have a great weekend, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.